Welcome to the Security in 5 podcast. I'm Drew, the Binary Blogger. This is a short program that brings you security news, tips, advice, and opinions in the area of information, IT, and general security in about five minutes. Quick to listen to, easy to understand. The more aware you are, the more secure you can be. This is Security in 5. Thanks for listening. Episode 380 of Security in 5. And today I want to talk about robocalling. And the FCC has recently announced that they're going to address robocalling and cracking down on how to wrangle in and preventing robocalls and mass text message spoofing through SMS in their next meeting here in December. Now, that's a good sign. However, the um, website announcement doesn't really give into a lot of details on how they're going to approach it, how they're going to lock it down. They did propose a centralized database to track numbers and so on and so forth, but there's a lot of questions around how that will be maintained, how that will be um, kept private, what type of identifying information, false positives, and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of things that are going to be hashed out, but the point is the FCC is going to start addressing the robocall problem. Now, the reason why I want to do this episode is that on the flip side of the robocalling, we're not just talking about the the charities and the you know the, the firemen and the national you know all the other types of calls that you get asking for money and donations i'm of course this being a security podcast talking about the hacks and the scams and the social engineering attempts coming from the robocalls and there's two major things with these types of calls and um i'm i i waste their time when they call me if you go out to my website binaryblogger.com um, type in scam. I'll put a link, a quick link to a, one of the posts. Is is uh, for a time I would record those phone calls, and play around with them and, and help use those as, as learning and teaching teaching examples of what a scam sounds like um, in various kinds. I've stopped doing that because I just don't have the time um, or the patience to do it anymore. But you can go also go on YouTube, just type in IRS scammer and just watch these videos. Not necessarily for the the tricks that they play, but to listen to the phone calls to see how. Um, how those calls are said, what the scripts are done to help you learn and help teach your friends and family to listen for those types of things. So that's the first part. The second part is the big issue that the FCC needs to address is the is the number spoofing. And what that is is the caller ID uh, falsification that will make it look like it's coming from your home number, from a local area code, from another business. I had a call the other day from uh, Dish Network, Dish TV. I'm not a dish customer never have been a dish dish customer he called me and assumed that i was a dish customer and i I dragged him along dragged him along and finally at one point in the phone call and he goes well sir you're you're having of course he had an extremely heavy accent and he goes well sir you you sound like you are distrusting me look at your caller id it says that i'm coming from dish tv this is a legitimate uh, call and the phone number um, actually was going back into this hacker's data center even though the caller ID said Dish TV. And that's really the biggest problem is when you see the caller ID, you can no longer trust it. It's no longer identifiable. It's too easy to spoof. It's done all the time. It's done through legitimate processes, uh, legitimate businesses, and malicious hackers do it all the time. And so caller ID is worthless at this point. It no longer is a trusted identification purpose for the phone calls coming in. So if the FCC really wants to crack down on that, they're going to have to make that um, not possible and uh, um, completely restrict it because people are more likely to pick up the phone if it's from their local area code, from their local phone um, area, um, or from apparently from legitimate businesses when it is is for sure not. And that's the gateway in for these scammers is to assume that, well, because it said this TV on my 
caller ID, it must be them. So therefore I can continue to give them my information, my serial number of my box, my home address. Um, he wanted to send a technician to my house. And I was like, yeah, that's a whole bad thing. But in either case, your phone, your telephone, your voice calls are still attack vectors. There's still ways to um, social engineer you to get you to turn over your, your name and address. And they may already have it. They may have it from breaches. They may have it from the phone book. Just because it, they have your name and address, never assume um, uh, that they're legitimate. Always deny that they have the correct address. Always deny that they have the wrong name, especially if you know it's for it's a, a scam or a hang up. There are other things that you can do. If your local phone company, I know I have my phone through uh, Mediacom, I can go into their website and block phone numbers from my landline. I also use a, uh, a couple of apps on my AT&T phone. True Caller is one, but also AT&T offers a Call Protect app that you can go in and download um, on your phone if you get these on your mobile device, is then go into your call history and block those numbers from ever um, reaching you in the near future. So again, robocalls, legitimate purposes, but also voice calls, it's still a huge scam. It's still a big problem. The Microsoft support calls, the IRS calls, we're getting into open enrollment, so you're going to start seeing health health insurance enrollment scams. Um, companies like that, for businesses like that, for services like that, will not cold call you. They will always do things through snail mail. They always have you reach out to them directly. And if you don't know, hang up, go look up the legitimate number on their business corporate websites and call them back. And if it was a scam, they will tell you as such. And if not, you can tend to conduct the business. But if you get a cold call, always distrust it because the chances are high that it is some type of a scam especially if you don't get calls like that on a regular basis for whatever reason my phone number got on the list i get probably three or four of these a month um, on my uh, landline and my cell phone i've wrangled them in and blocked most of them that they've cut them down but but uh, you know i'm doing the best that i can to protect my data and they still get my information either through phone books or through breaches or wherever um, but you just need to be aware of trusting, cynical, you know, put that security mind on. If it's too good to be true, it usually is. And no company, no bank ever is going to call you and say, hey, I have a problem. You, we're going to disconnect your service. Let them disconnect your service and then deal with it later. But it's going to be a scam, so don't worry about it. Security in 5, be aware, be safe. Thanks for listening. This concludes another episode of Security in 5. You can find me across the internet under the persona Binary Blogger. Head over to binaryblogger.com to link up with me on whatever social network you prefer. I love feedback and conversations, and if you have a question, comment, or correction on a past episode, drop me a line and I will respond. To get additional information, sign up for my monthly newsletter, and remember, the more aware you are, the more secure you can be. Thanks for listening.